0: Hello, this is Brittany Ross from Fiddle and Pipe. I'm sure most of y'all are aware of the ongoing war in Ukraine. You will see in the show notes that we have listed several organizations to help the Ukrainian people. If you would like to help out and contribute, please check out those show notes. And for the month of March, we will be donating 100% of our proceeds on Patreon to the International Committee of the Red Cross, which... If you want to join us on Patreon, you can find us on patreon.com slash fiddleandpipe. We hope you'll either support us on Patreon as we donate to the International Committee of the Red Cross, or check out the show notes and pick an organization that you would like to donate to. Thanks, and now back to the episode. Hi, I'm Brittany Ross, and I play the fiddle.
1: I'm Catherine Blenton, and I play the pipe.
0: And together we are Fiddle and Pipe,
1: two classical musicians who are reading and discussing topics beyond the staff.
0: So grab a book, take a seat, and tune in. And I'm going to record on my phone. Yeah, I'm recording too. All right, so as I'm clearing my mouth out from the bar that I'm eating, (laughs) welcome to another episode of Fiddle and Pipe. This is Bernie Ross, and today I'm with my co-host, Catherine Flincham. What's up? It's a Friday. <laughs> it's a Friday.
1: Is it? I mean, I don't know. I'm not ready for the weekend.
0: <laughs> I was up until like one thirty in the morning, and I woke up at 7 when David was coming in to get ready for work, and then I woke up again at 8, and I was like, what day is it? I don't <laughs> even know. <laughs> this week, tried to kick my ass, and I said... Nah.
1: Well, let's kick the rest of this week's ass and dive in to doing nothing, because maybe we need to do nothing.
0: Look at you. (laughs) To feel less tired. I don't have any (laughs) notes.
1: It looks like you need to get your life back.
0: (laughs) Hey, and speaking of that, let's take a look back at Life Back 4, which is invest in leisure, which I think... It's something that we both need to do just in our general day-to-day um, lives, but I think especially after preach <laughs> like the past few weeks, it's something that we both Yeah need to do. <laughs>
1: to hear all about it, just go on Patreon. We have a whole podcast where we can talk about that. So check it out. On March thirty first is our last day where if you want to contribute and donate to those who are affected by the ongoing situation in ukraine anybody that wants to come in and join our patreon will be taking all of your proceeds that you donate to patreon this month and we will be donating it to the international committee of the red cross to help those so march 31st last day for that so make sure you check it out
0: yeah some good content on there and i've been more regular about putting stuff up there too and we're getting mm-hmm. better at Doing our Patreon stuff.
1: We'll be reading some exciting new books too, so Mm. definitely stay tuned. Life back for investing in leisure. Celeste Headley talks about how there is a difference between leisure and spare time because Mm, there is an actual difference. She says that spare time is more the time in between our work hours, I guess, and it's related to work. It could be a few hours, a few minutes, but Spare time is more related to work, whereas leisure is actually separate from our work completely. Right. Where we're able to kind of relax, turn off our brains, and let other ideas and innovative concepts, inspiring concepts come into place. Yeah. Something like that. I'm so tired. (laughs) How. I feel like my words are not coming out right. Anyway, let's go. You got
0: this. This is why there's two of us instead of one of us.
1: I am not used to
0: leading this. No, you got this. You got this. I am not going off any notes. So I'm like, "Uh uh uh-huh. Uh-huh. I have Catherine's uh perspective this week. Yes. (laughs) So she talks a lot about taking regular breaks and how important it is. Mm -hmm. because of how your brain operates. like We're not made to multitask on things. We're not made to focus on one singular thing for hours on end. And we basically bore ourselves, and then we can't focus, and then we're less productive, and it takes longer, and it's just a vicious cycle. She does say that she has to schedule leisure the way that she would schedule, in her words, a yoga class or a business meeting. Basically, she does that to hold herself accountable, and I noticed that I kind of do that whenever i leave things up to a whim i'm less likely to do it and that is in every regard i think we could talk about this in atomic habits how you need to make things like the least vague as possible and the most specific so that way you will actually do it because Mm -hmm. if you leave things vague if you leave things up to chance we are inherently creatures that want to use the least energy do the least work and that's just how we are. So I notice that I, I do that in aspects of my life, whether it's like hanging out with David or making a coffee date with you or <laughs> really anything. I, I kind of have to like agree ahead of time. And it also gives me time to actually commit to something as opposed to if it's impulsive, I'm like, oh, I really should be doing this or yada yada, kind of making excuses. But leisure is important to do whether we need to schedule it or whether you are the kind of person who can sort of impulsively be leisurely.
1: Yeah, I can't be that impulsive anymore. I think I used to be impulsive. God, we're old. Maybe when I was in school, like undergrad maybe, but Mm -hmm. I don't know. This time around, like as I'm older, I feel like I have to schedule it in and I have to make time for leisure. It's not just something that I can do on a whim whatsoever.
0: I think it's harder, too, because when we were in school, we were just, like, surrounded by our friends all the time, so everything kind of came more naturally. Yeah. And now we kind of need to make an effort to be surrounded by friends, or Mm -hmm. even with David, just because we're both home doesn't mean we're both available. Sometimes he's working or he's doing something, you know, like a solo activity that he just wants to do, and we have to make plans to be like, hey, let's go out to dinner or let's have a date or let's do something. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I feel like people are just a little bit more impulsive, easygoing when they're younger.
1: Yeah. And as you're older, because you have all these responsibilities, I mean, we work as freelancers, so it's not like we have the five-day work week, two-day weekend kind of thing. And I feel like my schedule, especially right now, is changing constantly now I don't really have every single Tuesday off anymore but I'm still trying to make a day in the week where I can have time off and like do what I need to do in order to like relax and feel refreshed you know I Mm -hmm. did that last weekend actually like I took a break I think like both days of the weekend I only had one lesson each day which not super ideal but hey you know It is what it is. And at Mm -hmm. first, like, I thought about when I woke up on Saturday and before I taught my first lesson, you know, I cleaned my apartment. I was, like, so happy because I was like, ooh, I get to clean. And Mm -hmm. I was cleaning and I did some things, like, with my flute before my student came. Then I taught. And then afterwards, I was like, I have nothing else to do. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It felt weird because, like, I could have done more things if I wanted to. But then I was like, I spend every Saturday doing work because I feel like I have to, and I've done that for, like, the last, like, year and a half or so on a Saturday. Mm -hmm. and But instead, I just decided after I taught, you know, I might have, like, did laundry or something, but I just, like, kind of sat down and marathoned 90 Day Fiance. I felt pretty okay with it, you know? I was just like, maybe you need this. Like, maybe you just need to kind of relax a little bit and just enjoy – the time off that you do have for the rest of the day doing literally nothing.
0: <laughs> yeah. I noticed that I've been making a little bit more leisure time for myself,
1: mm-hmm. which
0: has been really helpful. I know, so I've said before, David works an 8 to five thirty job. So evenings are usually spent cooking or like doing whatever we need to do to kind of like wrap the house up for the night and then have everything ready for the following day. Mm -hmm. Weekends are interesting because, I don't know, David likes big chunks of time to himself just because it's who he is as a person.
1: I mean, I can relate to that 100%. I like having my own
0: time alone, for sure. I am not like that. (laughs) I don't need him to entertain me or anything, but I'm like, if I have free time, I'm like, can we hang out? Should we do something together? Can we do whatever. So I'm basically like a golden retriever and David <laughs> wants time to write and to read and do all this stuff, which is fine. But the time that he has where he's doing his thing, instead of me taking that time to read or exercise or do something with Valky, I find myself editing and I'm like, why am I working? This could also be healthy downtime for myself. Mm -hmm. And I noticed the past few weeks as we've been reading this book that I've been telling myself, hey, your husband's relaxing. Why can't you relax? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Treat yourself.
1: I think what I've been trying to make a change on, and it's been really hard. (laughs) Don't get me wrong. It's been hard. I think I'm doing better at this is I am making time for myself now more than I did maybe like before we read this book Mm -hmm. definitely before we read this book some of the stuff that she's talking about not just with like taking time for leisure and whatnot but also like being productive like actually like doing work and focusing on work I've also noticed like I've been doing that a little bit more and trying it in small increments like how can I get some social media plating done without distractions and whatnot. And I find myself doing a little bit more work and being more productive in those small chunks and then taking time to relax in between. It's kind of helped me out a little bit, finding creative ideas and, I don't know, not stressing out completely. Yeah. Like I did before we read this book. I mean, I still have a balance to work on. Most definitely I do. But Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I have found myself relaxing a little bit more and doing things for myself that I do enjoy a lot more right. than I did like a month ago.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. The one last thing that she talks about in this chapter that I wanted to bring up and talk about was what she calls the default mode network, where basically it's when we are doing something in a state of, I don't know, something that doesn't take a lot of brain power, like exercising or cleaning the kitchen or baking. baking baking yeah i guess i'm gonna read from page 211 because it sums it up better than i can mm-hmm. when the dmn is engaged it works on our memories putting past events in context and making moral evaluations about things that have happened it also imagines the future tries to understand the emotions of others and reflects on our own emotions and decisions the default network is crucial for th- empathy, self-reflection, and for theory of mind, the ability to imagine what others might be thinking. I have always been someone who enjoys running. It was really moving to Milwaukee, though, where I started running mm-hmm. longer distances, and that was really because it was less humid and cooler. So mm-hmm. I have asthma, so like my lungs could work better up there. <laughs> and ever since I started running longer and then exercising more and then getting a dog and walking with her, I noticed that... When I exercise more, that's when I'm most mentally sound, because as someone who deals with anxiety, I fall into circular thought patterns a lot, and I sort of dwell on things. Even if I know that, hey, this is out of your control, I I still get anxious about it, and you know, I can only talk to David so much about these things before he's like, you know, we've talked about this 50 times, you know what's going on but I just Mm -hmm. it's like constant reassurance thinking using that time of exercising, especially for me when I'm not really doing anything, gives me time to think and process things so much better than when I'm not exercising. And I think that's Mm -hmm. even though it takes a little bit more of a mental push sometimes to push myself to exercise. I think that's why it's so helpful for people who do struggle with Anxiety and depression and why it can Mm -hmm. be helpful. For some people, even paired with medication or therapy, even I'm in therapy, I don't know, not only does it keep you physically healthy, but it allows your brain time to kind of turn itself over in a productive way that can Mm -hmm. be more mentally exhausting and more productive as opposed to just sitting and thinking and dwelling.
1: Well, yeah, that's why, like, I... When I texted you earlier, I was like, as long as I have time to run.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Because, <laughs> like, I want to go running today because after we teach today, like, we're recording Patreon after that. And mm-hmm. I usually run later in the afternoon, but I was like, because it's sunny today. It was snowing yesterday. That's why I didn't go mm-hmm. yesterday. And it was, like, really gross and cold the day before. So I'm like, oh, the sun's out. Like, I want to go run and it's not too hot, but I'm not going to be too cold. Like, I just really, oh, All I need is a light jacket. Anyway, um, Miss Congeniality (laughs) quotes. But anyway, I am feeling a little bit anxious because this morning I had some emails and I was like, ugh. And then I have an audition this weekend. We're getting closer and I'm kind of feeling like, ugh, ugh. I'm a little nervous. I'm a little anxious about this. And so I just want to feel a little bit decompressed.
0: More grounded.
1: Yeah. Go on a run. Let it all out. Like, that's why I love going on runs because it really just kind of helps me. Like, I let... All that energy that's building up inside my body, all that, like, tension and everything, I let it out when I go running, and it's so nice, so.
0: I I find that just metaphorically beating it into the pavement is very helpful for me. I wanted to go running today with Valkyrie, but there's a storm now, so. It's like the opposite of Denver. (laughs) (laughs) David feels the same way. I got him a punching bag for Christmas. He definitely has problems motivating himself to exercise, but when he does, he never regrets it, and he's enjoyed every single time he's used the punching bag. He's like, I can put all my emotions into my hands and just get it out, and that's the same with me and running. I don't know. I mean, you just need to find what works for you and Mm -hmm. push yourself to do it, because at the end of the day, it's just going to make you better, hopefully, and happier.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Another thing that makes us happy is being social and connecting with people in real time, which takes us to life back number five, making real connections. (laughs) And not just fake connections. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Fake connections.
0: No, that is what she's (laughs) saying is it's more like to make real connections in a sense of intimately having people who you're close to in your day-to-day life, friends, Mm friends, sniffing others, family, etc. but also not being afraid to have small talk with randos. I actually have a story from last night that goes with this. It's been a really rough week for me. I was in a car accident last week. I'm fine. I thought my car was totaled. I found out that I probably have PCOS, which is
1: polycystic ovarian syndrome. Is that right? Yes. If you watch Teen Mom, it's on Teen Mom. (laughs) I'm sorry, it's my trash show.
0: (laughs) No, it's fine. I mean, I'm basically trash anyway, so it's fine. Me too. (laughs) Yay! And David's been dealing with uh, a lot of work stress because he's having a hard time hiring people and he's close to getting a promotion. I had to take Figaro to the emergency vet last night because if you're a frequent listener of Phil and Pipe, my little baby Figaro has popped up a few times He is a high anxiety cat and basically when cats get anxious, it's like when people get anxious and they have stomach problems with cats, it's bladder. So like their urethra and their bladders constrict. He's a very empathetic and sensitive animal already and he's high stress and Mm -hmm. high anxiety in general. So he sort of feeds off of the energy in the home. I was calling the animals last night to feed them and Figaro didn't come. I was like, what's going on? And Figaro was in the litter box screaming. Oh, I told David and David was in bed and he came out of bed and he looked and there was no pee. And basically in male cats, especially if they can't pee, if they're blocked, it is Mm -hmm. a critical emergency life or death situation. They can have a heart attack because of all the sodium buildup Mm -hmm. or their bladder can burst. So not good. So I went to the vet and they took Figaro in immediately and he's fine. He's hospitalized right now. He's They were able to get the block. He has a catheter. Should be able to get him tomorrow. But there was a woman there who was maybe in her 40s. And she came in with an old black cat. Mm -hmm. And she came to put him down. (gasps) And I was dropping my eaves. And she was saying the cat's 14. Skin and bones. She came home from work. And the cat was on the floor, couldn't get up, and yelling. Mm -hmm. Especially with cats, you just kind of know when they're telling you it's time to go. So basically, they took the cat back, and she was gonna go when the cat was put down. But she came in alone, and I was waiting for Figaro, and I was like, you know, it's really sad when we have to put animals down. Like, your grief is so internalized, because I feel like people- have a hard time understanding because animals mean more to you than they mean to other people. I don't know. I kind of wanted to say something because I was right there and I heard everything and it was kind of just me and her waiting and I looked over to her and I said, hey, I'm sorry about your cat. And we talked about her cat for the 10 Aww. minutes that she was there and she was obviously really upset, but she told me that she rescued that cat and then two others. They were feral cats that mm-hmm. someone was trying to poison as kittens.
1: <gasps> Damn.
0: Yeah. And she rescued them. And basically they had really good lives. I was like, you're a great person. You know, your cats sound wonderful. The cat's name is Charlie. He's Mm -hmm. a sweet baby. When she left, because she left earlier than me, she looked over to me and she was just like, thank you so much for talking to me.
1: Brittany, that is like the sweetest story I've ever heard. I mean, it's sad, but I think what you did was honestly, like, the sweetest and kindest thing that you could have done for somebody like that. Like, for somebody that's dealing with a situation like that.
0: I just didn't want her to feel like she was going through it alone. Because that sucks.
1: It makes me sad, but it also, like, kind of warms my heart that you did something really kind.
0: She was doing the right thing. I told her Mm -hmm. that, and... I I don't know. If it was me, I wouldn't want to be alone. And I felt sad that she was alone.
1: Well, I think what you did was a nice act of kindness, which is talked about also in this chapter. I think doing that, talking to a stranger like that, at first it kind of feels like, why am I doing this? Like, I'm kind of scared. Mm -hmm. Like, they probably won't respond. Because that's sometimes how I feel. Mm -hmm. But I think, like, once you try, I think for me, at least, when I want to speak to somebody, I ultimately think... Of, like, the worst. Like, are they going to ignore me? Are they going to, like, not care or whatnot? You know, I always think that in my head. And that's mm-hmm. why sometimes I hold back. Or, like, what if whatever I say is something stupid? What if they don't want to talk to me? Something like that. I think we get in our heads too much. But when we actually try and, like, connect with somebody. And it's not like we have to be friends with them or anything. Because, like, no. that's what even Celeste Headley says in this book. But as humans, we are meant to connect and communicate Mm That's our human nature. Being alone is kind of like the opposite, you know? Like we feel, when we're alone, we feel all the things because we're by ourselves and we're thinking about everything. The worst possible outcome comes into our brain. And I am guilty of doing this because I have been alone a lot within the last year and a half or so. And I haven't been out talking to people and socializing. And so I've gotten into my head so much that... It's kind of taken a toll on my mental health and I tend to stress a lot. I tend to, like, I've definitely been more snappier and agitated because I start getting into my head and thinking the worst possible outcome. We're meant to connect. We're meant to be with people, Mm -hmm. not
0: be alone. And that's basically the point of this chapter is just... Mm -hmm. Small acts of kindness, being nice to people, and interacting with people. It's not only good for other people, but it is good for yourself. Yeah. Even small interactions. I mean, I, whenever I'm walking Valkyrie, I do the whole, like, wave at everyone that I see. And even small things are better than nothing. Oh, nobody
1: does that here in That's definitely a
0: Southern thing, I feel it's like.
1: It's such a Southern thing. Somebody I know that's from Georgia, they don't live there anymore, but when they visit, they always say, you know, you're in the South when people smile and wave at you when you're driving past them. Mm. (laughs) I'll be really honest with you, but I think the last time I was in Georgia, I definitely like did not smile and wave because I used to do that a lot when I was living down there. And now like when I see people do that, I'm like, why are people waving at me? Like, I don't know you.
0: I found that same thing when I moved to Milwaukee, actually. No one did any of those no, no one cares. So no come in your <laughs> way, Bartok. Yeah, no one does any of those niceties and I was like everyone here is so mean. They don't got the southern charm that we have. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, you look kind of peppy.
1: I am peppy because I just drank a cup of coffee from La Belle Rosette Espresso and Wine Bar. That's in Denver, right? Yep. We are located right across the street from the University of Denver.
0: And do they have more than just espresso and wine?
1: Yeah, we have breakfast burritos, paninis, pastries, teas. We have a lot.
0: If someone was walking through Denver, and let's say this person was me, and let's say I wanted a panini, when is LaBelle open so I can go and get one?
1: We are open from 7 to 5, Monday through Friday, 7 to 2 on Saturdays, 8 to 2 on Sundays. And if you use the code FPPODCAST, you'll get 15% off your order, whether you're in-store or online at LaBelleRosette.com. That's a really good deal totally a good deal and it's even a better deal when you get to see moi at the store is that a good deal Uh, not really but i actually need to head to work right now because i'm gonna be late oh so i'm gonna go go to Belle rosette Go. bye right now drop (laughs) everything go
0: that's kind of all i had to say about this chapter though this chapter was very straightforward It was very straightforward
1: the last chapter was pretty much straightforward too and it was like take the long view which is life back number six i thought this one was actually pretty interesting because she basically says make ends not means which i always thought i was like going towards an end goal of something but it seems like all the end goals that i have placed for myself are more likely means goals
0: Yeah, and I think, again, I think we talked about this in Atomic Habits as far as goal setting.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Normally, like, people are going in one direction, and your end goal is something vague, and your means Mm -hmm. are more specific goals to eventually get to that point.
1: Yeah. I'll always be, like, telling myself, for this audition at least, it's like, okay, I've always, like, told myself my end goal is to feel more confident taking auditions and not tearing myself down afterwards. That's like an end goal for me right now. And I want to feel that way continuously every time I do an audition, not just this one that I'm doing. But I guess my means goal for this audition is like, you know, preparing myself. How can I play when I'm under pressure, under nerves, you know? How can I overcome that? How can I feel confident in my playing and not tear myself down? Stuff like that.
0: I would even argue that your goal of not beating yourself up after auditions is also a mean, not an end. I think your end is probably to build up your self-confidence, make it so that way yeah. you don't feel the need to beat yourself up because this isn't just an audition thing for you. This is everything. It's
1: everything, yeah. And I think that's so hard separating end versus mean for me because I'm always mm-hmm. like, well, this seems like an end goal. And I think it's just more like me trying to like look at more of the bigger picture than smaller.
0: I think end goals are just something where there's, yeah. there's nothing after it.
1: Mm-hmm. And it's
0: the vaguest possible thing. Yeah. If your end goal is to, like, to be happy, that has nothing after it, in theory. Yeah. You know, your, your end goal is to be self-confident and not hard on yourself. Okay, so how do you get there? How do you get to those steps? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think ends are a lot more abstract than we think they are
1: and mm-hmm. i think to they some are.
0: degree that abstraction is okay and we just need to make the means the way to get to the end goal more defined you know what do we need to do to get that point what do you need to be happy what do mm-hmm. you need to not beat yourself up what do i need to be less anxious yeah what does figaro need to be less anxious you know
1: we <laughs> figaro this chapter was a little bit lengthier compared to the other two, but I, I feel like it was just kind of the same idea.
0: It was, like, more examples of the same things.
1: Yeah, and she gave us, like, a list of, like, the complete list of solutions all designed to break your addiction to efficiency without purpose and productivity with production. That's how she described it. But the list was basically, like, just kind of the stuff that we talked about just now, you know? Making time for leisure.
0: Yeah. Increase time perception. Create your ideal schedule. Stop comparing at a distance. Work fewer hours. Schedule leisure. Schedule social time. Work in teams. Commit small, selfless acts. And focus on ends, not means. So it's everything Mm -hmm. that we've been talking about for the life back section, essentially.
1: Basically, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, thanks for the summary, Celeste.
0: (laughs) Her conclusion. I remember there was something in it that I wanted to talk about it, but I can't remember.
1: It seems like she kind of concluded that, like, we kind of need to, like, how can we make, like, a change in, I guess, like...
0: Like, not just ourselves, but society?
1: Yeah. It was really interesting because, actually, I found a video, and I can send it to you, too, and I can post it on the Facebook page and Instagram and whatnot. Mm -hmm. She did an interview. It was called Salon Talks or something like that. That's what it was called. But she was talking about the book, basically. It's, like, 23 minutes, but she basically said that, yeah, like, it's not, how can we as a society, you know, talk about this and make
0: a change? She talks about her grandmother and, or no, her mom, how for her birthday one year they all saved up and got her a microwave, Mm -hmm. and how they all thought it was going to just save her so much time and clean up, and it did initially, but then... She just subbed it with other work time. And then she said that she mm-hmm. thought back to her grandmother who dried clothes on a line and her great-grandmother who didn't have a refrigerator and how they actually had more time. And I think it's just people in the past used to actually value their leisure. And we just don't anymore because we have things in our lives that make everything more efficient. It busy.
1: Yeah, we're yeah. busy.
0: And we have things in our lives that make everything more efficient. And then we feel like, we need to be efficient with the extra time that we have instead of enjoying the life that we have.
1: A lot of my students that are involved in a lot of activities, like, I'm sure you have students, too, that are like this, where they are part of, like, five other activities and then add on, like, violin or some, or flute to it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, how does this kid have time to do all of the crap that they're doing? You know what I mean? And most of the time sometimes with those students that I have they're like I only was able to get like two practice sessions this week it was really busy and it's something that they always tell me when I see them in lessons Mm -hmm. and then I look back in my life and I remember like growing up yeah I had flute growing up but and I did you know marching band I did swim team growing up I was part of like activities growing up but I wasn't part of so many activities like my students are, you know? I have students that do full-time gymnastics. I have students that have done, like, extra math science tutoring along with, like, tennis and swimming and then
0: flute, all that. It's, like, crazy. It's insane how much kids do.
1: I feel like, you know, I had way more time as a kid. I was able to practice flute and do my homework and read and hang out with my friends when I was younger, you know? Like, I wasn't doing ten million activities in one day, even when like I had to be schlepped around with my parents and my brother for his baseball stuff growing up. Like I still had time. And I feel like today kids especially don't have that time. And I feel like this is just like an ongoing trend for them as they grow up and it's just getting worse.
0: Yeah, (laughs) and they're gonna be depressed and anxious and bored when they're adults because they don't have things occupying their time and they're gonna feel unproductive and I fall into this demographic, but look at the adults now who, when they were kids, they were called smart and read at a higher reading level and were placed in honors classes and AP classes. And when I was in high school, I had a job. I was in an outside school orchestra and I wasn't in a sport or anything, but I had a lot of stuff to do. And it took me a lot of time in my adult life to get past the hurdle of, oh, maybe I'm not the smartest kid in the room. Oh, I am bored. What is this? You mean I don't have a planned activity for me? Mm-hmm. What is going on here? It's interesting cuz I am a believer of like a busy kid is a good kid or kids who are busy don't have time to be to get into stuff, but I feel like there comes a point. I have elementary schoolers who are in five activities and I mean, yeah, it's your job as a parent to expose your kids to things to see where their interests are to make them well-rounded people but it's also not your job to make sure that they're busy all the time yeah and don't have time to be a kid oh yeah i'm not gonna lie and
1: i'm gonna go on a rant for a second i was absolutely angry when i had an old student of mine the mom was like we have no time to do a lesson only 7 a.m in the mornings on fridays and i was sitting there and i was like one that's bullshit Because I'm sure that you have time in the afternoons or like Mm some time. I made it happen anyway. And I just remember every single time I saw that kid at 7 a.m. in the morning, they were not focused. They were not awake. They were not prepared. They were not ready to do flute. And you know what they would tell me too? They would be like, oh, I was at swim practice till 9 o'clock last night. Oh my gosh. And I woke up at 5 in the morning because I had to be up at 5. And I was sitting there and I was just like, Like, it was so stressful. And you know what? It made me unenjoy my time teaching the student because I knew the student wasn't practicing. I knew the student was not prepared. I knew it was 7 a.m. in the morning. And it really made me mad because the parents, like, expected them to be on top of things all the time. And this kid was doing, like, way too many activities on top of flute. And this kid was only in fifth grade. Right. Like, I just sat there and I was like your kids are not kids. You're treating your kids like adults. You're literally like beating down your kids. But I didn't say anything about it. Like to the parent, I'm not a parent. I definitely have no say in how to parent, but it just pissed me off. Right. It was not productive. I go against doing stuff like that. Like nowadays, I'm like, I'm not doing a a. 7am lesson. You can't pay me enough money to do that. I'll do it for sectionals for band, but not, not a private lesson.
0: No. It's not hard to see how this stuff affects kids. The only time I've taught a lesson that early was because I had a student. He was in baseball, but he wanted to do violin. Yeah. And the only time he could do was in the mornings. And at the time, I was in Milwaukee, so I was an hour behind. So I was like, yeah, I'll just get up and teach in my pajamas. But he wanted to do it. And if he... If the kid wants to do that, if they want to push themselves the extra mile, that is by all means, yes, do it. But if the parent is putting the kid in 17 activities, yes, it's your job to make sure your kid is well-rounded. Yes, it's your job to make sure that your kid gets the proper exercise. Yes, it's your job to make sure that the kid is exposed to art and music and all the great things that life has to offer. But why are you making your kid half-ass a hundred things?
1: Oh, yeah, no. I think, like, maybe, like, towards, like, the end of the first month that we were doing this, I was sitting in there in my head, and I was telling myself, this is not going to work out. I tried to make it work, though. Like, I really did. I don't know. I even, like, asked the parents, like, hey, like, do you still want to do seven? Are you guys able to do another time? They never responded. Mm. They didn't care. They didn't care. Right. But, yeah, that's my little rant about that. (laughs) It's just something that I like I sit back and I tell myself like this is what makes me mad but then I put it into practice too in my own life where I have definitely started work at 5 a.m., 6, 7 a.m. in the morning just like go, go, go and have gone on to like 10 p.m. at night but Mm -hmm. now I'm like looking back and I'm like never again. Don't do that to yourself.
0: Because we need time to be kids too.
1: If for any reason ever I become a parent on this planet don't count on it people but Mm. if this happens it kind of shows like how i want to and not want a parent right you know
0: no i get that too (laughs) because i mean i'd like to be a mom i'd like to have kids and i i definitely want my kids to be involved in things and do things, and I know some kids aren't gonna do things on their own, and I think to an extent, it's okay to push a kid to do something that they don't wanna do because, you know, in life, sometimes you need to do stuff that you don't wanna do, and to Mm -hmm. an extent, that's fine. But I'm not gonna make my kid do seven intense activities at once. I'd say the most is like one or two. Yeah. When I was in high school, all my activities were violin. So I had one one focused thing. Which is fine, but I see these kids now that, I have an elementary schooler who is in chess club and some outside school chorus thing and takes violin with me, mm-hmm. and I think they do a couple of other activities. I'm like, why are you doing so much? You're nine. I don't know. Yeah. It's just crazy. It's crazy it's to crazy. me. I don't. You never know sometimes if it comes from the parent or the kid, but it's just, then I see how tired they are, and I'm like... I don't know if it's coming from the kid
1: who knows well this is our last episode on this book and we did a little bit of a rating with this book oh yeah Uh, or not a rating we did a reading with the last book that we did (laughs) atomic habits we haven't done it for this one should we do it now one is like awful I will never recommend this book or 10 is like a
0: plus would read again yeah I think I'd give this book an 8 out of 10 The only thing going against this book, I feel like, is sometimes it's very dense and makes it a little bit more than a casual read. Sometimes it just seems like she is throwing an excess of information at you. That's my only thing going against it. I haven't read a... Granted, I haven't read very many self-help books, but I haven't read a self-help book that takes this approach. I think it was a fantastic complement to Atomic Habits, so we planned that reading out very well somehow (laughs) somehow some way I would definitely recommend I've been recommending it to people Mm -hmm. and saying you need to read this because I feel like it has changed my perspective on how I spend my time and also allowing me to work more effectively and enjoy my life a little bit better I do think that this past week for me would have been harder if I wasn't reading this book that's how much it has Mm. influenced me
1: Wow. Interesting. Yeah. I would read this 9 out of 10. And I think I might have done that with Atomic Habits, too. I think this book has definitely kind of helped me shift my thoughts and... Perspective? Pers- yeah, perspective a little bit. It made me aware of what I'm doing daily and what mm-hmm. kind of steps do I need to do to kind of change that and fix it. Right. Because I obviously was not in a good place last month, and the month before that too was a little bit worse, but I don't know. I've started making some steps in my own personal and mental health life, I guess, but proud of you. Thank you. It's very recent though, but I have made some steps to kind of improve myself in a way, to kind of help me live a life that I want to live and not live being angry and stressed and feeling overwhelmed constantly like I have been feeling for a very long time and I don't know that's why I give it a 9 out of 10 it did have a lot of information I think I like this book because yes it felt like there was a lot of information being thrown at you and there was like a history book to it but I think it was really helpful kind of like seeing how and why we are this way So, yeah, that's what I thought it was pretty interesting. But there was a lot of information. I do agree with that. (laughs) Yeah. And she does list her sources. She is very good and thorough with that.
0: (laughs) There was a works cited in the back. Yeah. So I hope y'all enjoyed our take of Do Nothing. Yeah. We're going to have two weeks of non-book episodes. And then we're going to start our next book, which was... The
1: Hobbit. We are reading The Hobbit because me, Catherine has had this book. (laughs) So funny story. Once upon a time, Brittany gave me a book called The Hobbit. And this was when I was living in Georgia. (laughs) And I tried to read the book, but I read it after I finished the Harry Potter series, which I don't recommend. Don't read a classic series and then try to read another classic series after that because it won't work.
0: Then you just compare them.
1: I think I tried reading The Hobbit And I ultimately failed and so I still have the (laughs) I still still have never read it. I've seen the first movie and the third movie. I've never (laughs) seen the middle movie. (laughs) It's on Peacock or Netflix or something now. I don't know, but You need to get your
0: act together.
1: My end goal is to get my act together. And my means goal is to read this damn book.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So you heard the lady, read the damn book with us.
1: (laughs) Read the damn book. But yeah, we're reading The Hobbit. It's just a nice little fiction break because I think we all need that for the spring, a new fresh
0: perspective.
1: And we're just a little
0: productive out. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. And so we'll be reading The Hobbit and we'll start reading that. Got to look at my handy dandy calendar here.
0: Okay, Steve, calm down. April 20th. Oh. Hey, 420. Blaze it. Oh, wow.
1: I didn't even realize that. Anyway. <laughs> so...
0: <laughs> you live in Colorado.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know. So, yeah, but we'll be reading um, The Hobbit on April uh, 40- 20th. 40th. We'll be reading on April 20th, The Hobbit. <laughs> April So, 40th. stay tuned for that. And... As of now, make sure that you are following us at Fiddle and Pipe on Instagram or you are on Facebook and you can join our Fiddle and Pipe forum group. You are more than welcome to join. Just stay tuned for some announcements and other
0: fun things. Maybe pictures of Bartok because Bartok is everywhere. <laughs> He's being so extra right now. Oh my God. He's, He's super like extra. Climbing down my shirt
1: stop if you want to see more extra of bartok then definitely follow Brittany at bm
0: ross music and follow (laughs) katherine at
1: catlidge flute if you want to hear more of of bartok because he's basically in a lot of our outtakes and sometimes he shows Mm -hmm. up on fiddle and pipe happy hour then check us out on patreon at patreon.com slash fiddle and pipe and again Our proceeds for the month of March will go towards the International Committee of the Red Cross, where we'll be taking all those donations to help those who are affected in Ukraine. And if you want to also support us, then definitely go rate us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Give us a rating on Apple Podcasts, please. We know that you're listening because we see those statistics of where you're listening on. And we know you're on Apple
0: Podcasts.
1: So you should definitely leave a review.
0: And a few weeks ago, Catherine, or maybe at this point, it's like a month or two ago, Catherine and I were featured on Mmm mm. Conversations for a talk about pregnancy and relationships.
1: Yeah, being a parent, pressures of that.
0: If you're interested in us talking with mm Conversations about our perspectives and feelings towards pregnancy, relationships, societal expectations, go check, go check out. them out on your favorite streaming platform.
1: All this will be in the description too, so
0: make sure to check yes. this out. Alright, and I think that uh, that's we're probably it. wrapping up here and uh we'll see you next week for our first non-book episode. Bye. Bye 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 Bobby.